Thank you for downloading our audio tour. If you really want the complete experience of this tour, you should check out pictures, videos, and the other extras you can find in our free app. Download our free easy travel app for iOS, Android, Windows Phone, and Google Glass now, or visit Easy Travel for more information. On the Piazza della Signoria, you find Florence's town hall, the Palazzo Vecchio, or Old Palace. Originally known as Palazzo della Signoria, the palace is one of the oldest and most important buildings in Florence. The palace, which was designed at the end of the 13th century, acquired its current name, Old Palace, when the ruling Medici family left the palace and moved to Palazzo Pitti. While the building still functions as Florence's city hall, much of the Palazzo Vecchio is a museum and contains a wonderful collection of Renaissance paintings and frescoes. Famously awaiting you by the entrance is Michelangelo's heroic marble statue of David, who watches over the piazza like a true guardian of Florence. The David currently posing in front of the palace is a replica, for the original was moved to the Accademia Gallery in the late 1800s, where it can still be admired today. Would you like to visit Palazzo Vecchio Museum? Click on the Museum button to start your tour inside the Palazzo Vecchio. Tucked away in a small street in the historic centre lies the Pagliazza Tower, which is now a hotel. As this stunning tower proves, beautiful architecture isn't just reserved for the Renaissance. Exceptionally well-preserved, the tower is a wonderful example of medieval architecture. It was built somewhere between the 6th and 7th century and is considered the oldest building in Florence. Its exact origins remain uncertain, and it is the subject of much debate. One theory claims the Byzantines built it as part of the city walls. According to others, the Lombards built it as a tower home. The medieval building derives its nickname, Straw Tower, from its unique history. In the 13th century, it became the first women's prison in Florence, and unlike men, the female inmates were allowed straw beds. As you can see, the tower is now home to the beautiful Hotel Brunelleschi and offers a unique experience for those who have always wanted to sleep in a medieval tower. Do the Pagliazza Tower quiz to test your knowledge of the tower's history. Standing on the Piazza del Duomo, look up and you'll see Giotto's bell tower. Considered one of the most beautiful in all of Italy, this mesmerizing bell tower is a freestanding part of the Florence Cathedral and a prime example of Florentine Gothic architecture. Building of the tower began in 1334, on commission from the medieval Commune of Florence, under supervision of the celebrated painter and architect Giotto, who was already 67 years old. Giotto was never able to see the end result, for he died when only the first part of the tower had been completed. Andrea Pisano, his apprentice, succeeded him. It was he who was responsible for many of the sculptural decorations on the tower. The decorations, for which he received help from other Florentine artists, are extremely rich in detail and include 16 life-size statues. But the tower can also be admired from the inside, for it offers a wonderful view over the entire city. Along with the adjacent Duomo, the bell tower is one of Florence's great vista points. You've arrived at one of the best-known sites in Florence, the domed cathedral Santa Maria del Fiore, 
simply known as Il Duomo. The beautiful cathedral has become a landmark, a symbol for the city. No matter where you are in Florence, you can be sure that the cathedral's remarkable dome is somewhere in sight. In 1418, a competition was to decide which architect would build the dome. The two main competitors were Lorenzo Ghiberti and Filippo Brunelleschi, who was supported by Cosimo de' Medici, the wealthy and powerful ruler of Florence. Whichever architect was able to stand an egg upright on a piece of marble would win. None could do it but Brunelleschi, who only succeeded because he gently broke the egg when placing it on the piece of marble. Brunelleschi's dome is still the world's largest built-in brick and mortar and is considered one of the biggest architectural accomplishments of the Renaissance. Climb the 463 steps to the top to admire the interior of the dome and enjoy a fantastic view over Florence. Do the quiz about Florence Cathedral to test your knowledge of the cathedral's history. Right in front of Florence Cathedral lies the baptistry, which you can recognize by its characteristic large bronze doors. It is one of Florence's most important religious buildings, dedicated to its patron saint, John the Baptist. Constructed in the 11th century, the baptistry was built in late medieval Romanesque style. However, looking closer at the building, one can see many signs of a new style evolving, the Renaissance. Notice the sculptures by Lorenzo Ghiberti on the bronze doors. They took Ghiberti over 20 years to make and were to become his masterpiece. His innovative use of perspective paved the way for other artists. Michelangelo later called the doors Gates of Paradise for their remarkable beauty. The interior of the baptistry brings you back to medieval times. It is crowned by a magnificent mosaic ceiling that dates back to the early 1200s and offers an excellent depiction of the Last Judgment, full of religious symbolism. In this busy corner of the city centre, you find one of the finest palaces in Florence, the Palazzo Medici, which you can recognise by its solid design and light brown building blocks. Michelozzo di Bartolomeo designed the palace in the 15th century, on commission from Cosimo de' Medici, head of the most powerful family Florence has ever known. The Medici made a fortune in banking and reigned over Florence from the 15th to the 18th century. Their family produced four popes and they were strong patrons of the arts. According to sources, Cosimo had previously rejected a design for the palace presented by Filippo Brunelleschi because it was too lavish and magnificent and would arouse envy among the citizens. Cosimo insisted the palace should have a modest exterior while the interior was to be luxurious enough to accommodate their high-profile guests. The palace became a prototype of Renaissance architecture, with the bottom floor constructed of rusticated stone to suggest a firm foundation and impenetrable defences, while higher floors were formed of smooth building blocks representing the refinement of the living area. On the Piazza San Marco, you'll find the Church of San Marco. While relatively unknown, the Church of San Marco is one of the true gems in Florence not just because of its architecture, but also for its museum, which shows a perfectly preserved 15th-century convent. Originally founded in the 13th century by Silverstream monks, Cosimo de' Medici had it rebuilt in 1437 
by one of his favourite architects, Michelozzo. Once completed, he invited Dominican monks to move into the convent, a gesture said to be motivated by his guilt for having made a fortune from banking. One room in the church, however, was kept by Cosimo and used as a private retreat. The museum houses a major collection of works by Fra Angelico, including panel paintings such as the Deposition and the San Marco altarpiece, commissioned by the Medici in 1440. The cloister is decorated with faded frescoes by Florentine artists and includes a beautiful Last Supper, frescoed in the late 15th century. Do you see a long queue? Big chance you see the line in front of the Academia Gallery. Home to Michelangelo's original sculpture of David, the Academia Gallery offers a great collection of paintings and sculptures from 14th and 15th century artists. While originally intended as a Michelangelo museum, the gallery features much more than Michelangelo's work alone and includes work from other Florentine painters, such as Sandro Botticelli and Andrea del Sarto. The first floor features a sequence of splendid late Gothic polyptychs, complete in all their parts. For lovers of the opera and theatre, the museum hosts a unique collection of old musical instruments from the Cherubini Conservatory. But the most famous section is the Hall of Prisoners, displaying Michelangelo's unfinished sculpture, Slaves, and the imposing marble statue of David, over four metres tall and beautifully lit under a circular skylight. Would you like to take a look inside? Simply click on the museum and start your tour inside the Academia Gallery. It's hard to miss the San Lorenzo Market, a sprawling, lively outdoor market in the heart of Florence, which runs all the way from the Church of San Lorenzo to the Via Nazionale. Best known for stalls selling leather goods, the San Lorenzo Market is one of the best places for shoe bargains in town, making it a popular destination for Italians and tourists alike. Amidst the many stalls lies the Mercato Centrale, a large indoor market focusing on local fresh foods. The market dates from the 19th century, the time of the Risanamento, when Florence was the capital of Italy. It was the main market in Florence for fresh food. Here you can find anything, from wild boar to cow intestines. It is a great place to try local Tuscan products, such as wines and cheeses. But even if you don't want to buy anything, the Mercato Centrale is a wonderful place to simply walk around. If you stand in front of the Church of San Lorenzo, you should see two chapels. The Sagrestia Nuova is the smaller of the two chapels and was designed by Michelangelo. Michelangelo's Medici Chapel was commissioned in 1519 by Cardinal Giulio de' Medici and was intended to house the tombs of Giuliano and Lorenzo de' Medici. The chapel was built as an extension of Brunelleschi's 15th century church, the Basilica of San Lorenzo. The chapel dome echoes that of the Roman pantheon, although Michelangelo's dome is a lot lighter. Wanting to achieve the right illumination, which was so crucial to the mood and purpose of the structure, Michelangelo paid close attention to the positioning of the chapel windows. After completing the architectural works in 1524, Michelangelo worked for nearly a decade on the sculptures that are featured on the chapel walls. The sculptures reflect a complex symbolism of human life, 
where active life and contemplative life interact to free the soul after death, a philosophical concept closely linked to Michelangelo's own spirituality. Surrounded by cafes and elegant restaurants, you've now arrived at the beating heart of Florence, the Piazza della Repubblica. Throughout the city's existence, the piazza has remained an important square that was somehow always at the heart of this vibrant and cultural city. During Roman times, when the city was known as Florentina, the piazza was the centre of town. The Roman Forum, the city's commercial and political heart, was located here. In the Middle Ages, the square was home to the food market and was the city's commercial hub, as opposed to the religious centre, which was the Piazza del Duomo, and the civic core in the Piazza della Signoria. In the early 20th century, the piazza became a regular meeting place for intellectuals and artists, most notably the Giubi Rossi Café, where young artists belonging to the Futurist movement met regularly. You're now on the square called Piazza Santo Spirito, and probably you'll see its church. Dating back to the 13th century, the Church of Santo Spirito received its current form in the 15th century, when it was constructed over pre-existing ruins. Filippo Brunelleschi designed the church, but never saw the end result, for he died before its completion. The external façade of the Santo Spirito remained in rough stone until the 18th century, when it was plastered over. The interior is one of the finest examples of Renaissance architecture. Stepping inside, one finds a colonnade of Corinthian columns, giving the interior monumental grandeur. The church has 38 side chapels, which contain a noteworthy amount of artworks, well worth visiting. Behind the high altar is a crucifix that is believed to be an early work by Michelangelo. You've arrived at one of the most impressive buildings of Florence, the Pitti Palace. You can't miss it. The palace was built on commission from Luca Pitti, a wealthy Florentine banker. It was intended as his private residence, but the banker died before construction was completed. In the late 16th century, Eleonora of Toledo, wife of Grand Duke Cosimo I, bought the original building, which was much smaller than it is now. On moving into the palace, Cosimo had architect Giorgio Vasari enlarge the structure to fit his tastes, and the palace was more than doubled. Vasari also built the famous Vasari Corridor, an above-ground walkway between the palace and Cosimo's offices, the Uffizi. Today, the palace houses several important collections of paintings and sculptures, a porcelain museum and a costume gallery. But a visit to the palace is not complete without a walk through the Boboli Gardens. Designed for the Medici, the beautiful gardens have been an inspiration for courts all across Europe. You've arrived at the narrowest point of the Arno River, and in front of you is the Ponte Vecchio Bridge. The oldest of the six bridges in Florence, it was destroyed by a flood in 1333, only to be rebuilt 14 years later. Ponte Vecchio's unique appearance is caused by the fact that it is not only a crossing, but also a popular marketplace. In the 16th century, the Duke of Florence, Cosimo de' Medici I, decided to build a corridor across the river, from the Uffizi to his newly acquired Pitti Palace. 
That way, he could commute between his residences without having to go through the crowded market. The Vasari Corridor, named after its creator, Giorgio Vasari, was built on top of the shops on the bridge. Back then, the shops were mostly butcher stores, but have since been replaced by jewellers and art dealers. When visiting the Ponte Vecchio, look for the padlocks chained to the bridge. In recent years, lovers have started to seal their eternal love here by locking a padlock to the bridge and throwing the key into the river. You're now close to the famous Uffizi Gallery, which can be recognised by the four beautiful statues in front of it. The gallery is founded by the wealthy and powerful Medici family. It is one of the oldest and most renowned museums in the world. Uffizi being Italian for offices, the gallery derives its name from its former function. Here, in the wonderfully designed building by Giorgio Vasari, the Medici kept their administrative offices. The collection, which used to be the Medici's private collection, includes many Italian masterpieces, from artists such as Botticelli, Da Vinci, Giotto and Caravaggio. Starting with pre-Renaissance Gothic art, the gallery takes you on a trip from the 12th to the 17th century and shows how artists evolved into one of the most prolific and celebrated periods in art history, the Renaissance. Would you like to take a look inside? Simply click on the museum and start your tour inside the Uffizi Gallery. You've arrived at the beautiful Basilica of Santa Croce, which can easily be identified by its three triangular rooftops. Called the Temple of Italian Glories, for its tombs of Michelangelo, Galileo, Machiavelli and Rossini, the church was founded by St Francis at the end of the 13th century, and construction lasted for over a century. However, the neo-Gothic facade by architect Niccolò Matas dates from the 19th century. In 1966, the Arno River flooded much of Florence, including the Santa Croce. It was the worst flood the city had faced in centuries. The damage to buildings and art treasures was severe, taking several decades to repair. When inside, notice the typical Renaissance sculptures, the most famous of which is the Crucifix by Donatello.